It's October, and we thought it would be fun to record a Halloween-themed episode on end times movies, uh, the end of the world, these final hours. Movies about the end of the world go back to the 60s with films like Dr. Strangelove and Planet of the Apes, and they have remained a popular go-to for filmmakers who want to examine the human condition under extreme circumstances. On the podcast, Dwight and I discuss the difference between a movie about the end times that features like a disaster or supernatural elements versus a straight up disaster movie or horror movie. We chop up films like The Omega Man, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Seventh Sign, uh, Stigmata, Constantine, I Am Legend, Children of Men, and many more, a bunch of movies. And we also get into how end times or end of the world movies can be told through different lenses. Drama like uh, The Rapture and Greenland, mystery as with The Da Vinci Code, sci-fi like with War of the Worlds, or even a dark comedy like This is the End or The World's End. You may not believe in the devil, but you should. He believes in you. And we believe you'll enjoy our episode on End Times Movies. Thanks for listening. Usually when I'm on the treadmill, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find something to watch to kind of take my mind off the fact that I'm just in one place walking and walking and walking. Right. So I'm always trying to watch movies or TV shows, and I can't watch anything that's too deep or too thinky. <laughs> right. Because you know the treadmill can be very boring, and if I got to if I got to concentrate on that, then I'm gonna start. You know, my mind's gonna start to wander, and oh, I'm on a treadmill. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So I started watching Constantine. I think it's on Netflix. I'm not if I'm not mistaken. It is. And I started watching Constantine because I was like, well, I've never seen it all the way through. Uh, or if I have, it's been a long time. And I rewatched it, and I kind of enjoyed it. I was like, okay, this is this actually wasn't, you know, wasn't as bad as kind of people made out to be. It it would have been better had they not called it Constantine. Okay. Because Keanu Reeves is not blonde. He's you know it. Right. None of that seemed to really work. Right. You know. But um. But 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 his, but his energy, man, Keanu's energy. He brings so much energy to roles and so much mm-hmm. so much dynamism. As far as like when he, when he brings his two, when his arms together and with the, with the with the symbol. Yeah. He brought that, yo. Yeah. He brought that. Yeah. You know. And, and you're right about like his energy and his ability to carry the film. I mean, he definitely has mm-hmm. the it where he's like, okay, I want to see what he's gonna do. I want to, you know, I'm gonna watch. You know, he holds the frame mm-hmm. very well. But that's why I suggested, hey, let's talk about end times movies because this is really that. Yeah. You know, um, Constantine is, you know, they're wrestling with heaven and hell and demons and angels. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, the devil even shows up in physical form at the end of the movie. I forgot the actor's name who played him, but he was incredible. Yeah, he's always good, man. Yeah, yeah. uh, The first first time I saw him, he was in um, that long-running television series called um, Prison Break. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he plays a role in Prison Break. Yeah. And it's like, wow, he's he's, he's a certain kind of like, like, like smoldering... Like like arrogance and nastiness, bro. Mm-hmm. That you expect you expect like Mephisto, the devil, or Lucifer shows up really is. You yeah, know? yeah, he is. He's always he's always really good, and he mm-hmm. he's been another a lot of things that I've I've you know where he just kind of shows up like he did in uh, in Constantine. He like I think he's in even like the second John Wick movie. He plays like a Russian gangster. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, and, and I think he was on American Gods, uh, the first season of American Gods. I never seen American Gods, sir. Okay, shamefully. Okay, yeah. All right. I only watched the first season, but I think I believe he was on that as well. But he's a character actor that you see in a ton of things, and like you said, he's usually really, really good. But mm-hmm. so you know, as I started thinking about end of the world movies, movies, you know that you know the end of this is the last anything. 
But, you know, it got me thinking about, you know, those movies and my particular draw to them is kind of the doomsday kind of supernatural ones, you know, kind of like mm-hmm, Constantine mm-hmm. is where, right. you know, there's there's a there's 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 this this thing that's going on behind the curtain that that the, that the average person doesn't know about mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, there's some, you know, conflict between God and, and the devil and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's coming to a head and the human beings are just the. The pawns in the center. The pawns right. or the chattel that are going to be, you know, that could be, exactly. you know, yeah, could, 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 uh, you know, lose their lives or, or lose eternity mm-hmm. uh, in all of this. And then, of course, you know, you have other, other, other versions of it as well. But I'm curious, when do you think was, the, what was the first kind of movie like this that got your attention, maybe as a, as a, as a teenager, or as a younger, younger man, and not like just a straight up disaster movie or straight up horror movie? Because these movies tend to have a certain dread to them, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, this might be the last stand for us." <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Right, 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 right. right. Um, in terms of, in terms of, from a spiritual um, perspective, I'd say it'd have to be um, uh, Stephen King's The Stand. You know, mm. uh, when when it, when it came on television, mm-hmm. there was just there's this ominous dread. Those so shoot that film, dude. It was just, it was just, it was, it was just seeping with this, 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 this preternatural, like, like oozing, like, like drip and and dread. It was, it was, it was nasty. It was like I, I felt the nature. I felt the, 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 the. It felt like the world had stopped spinning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It felt. It was very oppressive and and and, and arid, and and dry. And and just it felt it just felt like you know the world was coming to an end quite literally you mm-hmm. know <laughs> and even though special effects weren't as good as the second generation they did when they did it again mm-hmm. still the, the the transformations and the and the ideas behind the concepts were just still very palpable and and, and felt felt right to me in a wrong way. <laughs> I don't expect you to stop this, but you better remember what you see here tonight, because the next time it may be your turn to die this way. Finished, Mr. Underwood? You're the one who's finished. I take that as a yes. I, Randall Flagg, do hereby state that Why don't you tell him your real name? Do hereby state that these men are the insurrectionists responsible for the destruction of our unarmed scout planes at Indian Springs and for the murder of Carl Huff. For these crimes, they are sentenced to death by dismemberment. That's, that's actually a great example of it. And like you're saying, from the 80s, you know, 80s, you know, in our formative years, you know, seeing that. And for me, it's probably a toss-up between Planet of the Apes and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those two for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Planet of the Apes, you know, that ending scene with, you know, with Charlton Heston, you know, beating his hand in the sand and, you know, you sons of bitches, you did it. You blew the whole thing up, you know, and. Right. Right. Oh, my God. I'm back. I'm home. All the time. Finally, 
really did it. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell! And again, you know, it's like, okay, we're... You got the sense at the end of the movie, and that was to me that was probably a really bold movie for a film in the '60s, to end on such a defeated and uh, kind of a nihilistic point. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is the last run for human beings. Now we are, you know, subject subjugated by, you know, the apes, simians, you know, simians, right, exactly. yeah. <laughs> right, right. But the other one, uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which you know was later on in, in the '70s. Uh, I enjoyed the one with Donald Sutherland so much that I actually went back and watched the one from the fifties. Okay. Okay. Uh, that the original, uh, the original, but you know, just this idea that people are being replaced and it's not like a, a horror movie or an alien movie where, okay, you, you get a sense that, Oh, Donald Sutherland's going to get with the scientists and we're going to figure out how to defeat the aliens. And we're going to get out of this. It's just at every turn, it's like, okay, no, all these motherfuckers are turning into aliens and this is it. Right. There's right. no coming back from this. There's no coming exactly. back. Exactly. Exactly. How far how far is has our planet been seeded before we actually really realize that this is a thing, you know? Yeah. You know, that's it was it was crazy. It was like the, the level of, of, of of deception was just like very apparent throughout the entire film. You're right. Yeah. I remember that. And then that, yeah. that, that final scene that's been made into a really popular gif of Donald Sutherland where right. yeah, yeah, and he's pointing ah! <laughs> And he was like, oh, no. Oh, no, they got Kiefer Sutherland's dad, yo. Right, right, right. And I guess really talking about maybe some of the the key elements or even in some cases the tropes of these films. Right. um, That is what separates them from horror movies, straight up horror movies or straight up sci-fi movies or straight up disaster movies Mm -hmm. where – a movie like, you know, Armageddon or Deep Impact, you know we're going to be okay at the end of those movies. Right, right. The, the, the mm-hmm. tone by which they're, they're telling their story and the, and the, and the, and the story they're telling, uh, you just get the sense, okay, you know, they're going to figure this out, you know. Right, right. Um, or like a horror movie like uh, The Exorcist or Poltergeist. You know, you know, eventually they're going to cast out the devil and things are probably going to go back to normal Uh, or they're going to get rid of the ghosts. And, you know, this house is clean, you know, right. You know, we're going to be okay. (laughs) Now, look, now you can't really say that about the omen because the omen did feel like, okay, uh, yeah, Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, man. Say it, Mark. (laughs) Say it, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like the omen felt like, oh, this Yeah. This might be the last the last the last the last run for us, yo, again. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. If it, that no, that did feel that felt real, man. That, that especially the actor that played the the young actor, not not um not the one that was that came up uh the confrontation, the final chapter. Mm-hmm. But the second chapter, second chapter was like crazy, dude. Second chapter was like, you know, that the whole do whack, doom, do whack, doom. That whole that whole, that whole orchestration of, yes. of the oh, Yes, like, yes. Like, that shit, that shit, fuck with me, man, for a long time. Dude. Yes, you know, yes. As a kid, I'm trying to muffle the sound. And I think, and I think, man, just in general, like going back to like uh, Doctor Strangelove, right? In the '60s, you know, where it's like nuclear war, the Cold War, whatever. And any minute, you know, 
we're going to drop a bomb on the Russians or they're going to drop a bomb on us. And, you know, it's going to look like, you know, Hiroshima or Nagasaki and mm-hmm. radiation burns or, you know, or Chernobyl. You know, it's just going to be bad. Right, right. But, you know, going back to the 60s with movies like that and, and Planet of the Apes, it's when you started seeing people kind of wrestle with end times or the end of the world as a concept. The key elements, even starting back then, you know, would be like nuclear war, you know, mm-hmm. as 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 the uh, the inciting incident, nuclear war or the threat of it, mm-hmm. an extinction level event, you know, some meteors hurtling towards Earth like in Deep Impact, yeah, and yeah. Um, or this there's a movie that came out uh, last year, I believe it was called Greenland, Greenland, with uh yeah, it's on it's on one of the streamers, it's uh, Gerard Butler. And uh, Marina Baccarin. Okay. And uh, and you know these meteors are hitting the Earth, and it's, there's going to be you know some several big ones, and it's going to like lay waste to like whole cities. Right. So it's all about him and his estranged wife and his kid, and they're trying to get to uh, Greenland because they hear that that's where the safest place to be or whatever, and they get separated, and you know society is starting to kind of collapse, and you know and. You know, okay. people are starting to move in, in bands and get violent, kind of like in The Walking Dead. But okay, okay. But you know, it could be like a uh, an extinction level event. It could be a pandemic. You know, like uh, did you ever see the movie Contagion? I did. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was great. With, uh, I enjoyed it. Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Matt Damon and Lawrence Fishburne. I did. Yeah, it was good, man. Yeah, that's that was another good one. And then. You know, alien invasion, of course, like with invasion of the body snatchers or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, something along those those lines. And then like climate catastrophe. Yeah. You know, uh, like in uh, Snowpiercer. Yeah. You know, we we screwed up the atmosphere. So now the earth is, you know, it's freezing over. And it's probably going to be it for humanity unless the earth just starts thawing out, you know. Right, right. Right, another ice age which we definitely don't need. Yeah, yeah, man. What about what about uh, twenty eight days later, man? Yeah, or or zombies. There we go. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Again. 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 Yeah. You know, it's like it's which has been a long lasting, you know, uh, you know, IP and, and and theme for Robert Kirkman and, and crew. At, you know, the slack mm-hmm. for CW has lasted for a long time, man. Yeah, because it hits home. Because what he said, what what they made, what they've done so well is is they they've made it about humanity and about survivalistic instincts. I think that's what that's what kicks in a lot of times when we're, for, when we're forced to imagine being in these situations with with um, um, spiritual conflicts or or immediate uh, physical conflicts. It, it brings out the either worst or the best of us, right? You know, <laughs> and that's what it shows. So, and that's that's kind of yeah. one of the things about uh, The Walking Dead as a television show. I read the first trade of the comic, mm-hmm. but the show itself has that hopelessness to it, where it's like, okay. There's, they're not going to figure this thing out. They're not going to rebuild society and a new government. And, you know, there's no safe haven. Everywhere they everywhere they would go, Rick and his crew would go to where they thought there was a safe haven. There's no safe haven. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's there's no place that's really better than it is here. And then by, once you get into, like, the second, third, and fourth seasons of the show, I mean, it's like, okay, we got to kill it. We got to kill anybody who tries to join up with us. Right. Unless we, you know, if you try to infiltrate, we're going to kill you because we don't know who you are and we don't know if you're going to try to kill us and take what we have, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you see that over and over again. But like you said, it's it's almost like conquering the Old West and mm-hmm. living under really harsh 
um, conditions and yeah, yeah, harsh conditions and circumstances, and they've got to find their way and they've got to work together, but it's hard to do it, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you, do you, how do you trust a stranger when 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 so much has been uh, um, so much has gone wrong by trusting them before in the past? Right, right. You know, and, and, and you see and you see what happened. Like in twenty eight days, you brought up uh, Danny Boyle's twenty eight days. Mm-hmm. You know where Killian Murphy's character meets up with Naomi Harris and her friend. And uh, and she's you know she's telling them what's going on and her friends telling them what's happened and how long mm-hmm. it's been this way it's been this way for less than a month there's no government there's no anything. It started as writing, and right from the beginning you knew this was different because it was happening in small villages, market towns, and then it wasn't on the TV anymore. It was in the street outside. It was coming through your windows. It was a virus. Infection. You didn't need a doctor to tell you that. It was the blood. Or something in the blood. By the time they tried to evacuate the cities, it was already too late. The infection was everywhere. The army blockades were overrun. And that's when the extras started. The day before the TV and radio stopped broadcasting, there were reports of infection in Paris and New York. We didn't hear anything more after that. And they moved to like the uh, the, uh, one or two scenes later and her friend gets bitten and they know he's going to turn probably within 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And Naomi Harris pulls out her machete and hacks her friend to death and kills him. Yeah. It's like, this is what you got to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. this this is what you got to do. And then that that end sequence where they're on uh like an island or something and there's a plane going over mm-hmm. and they've got the uh the message written in the ground, you know, SOS or whatever it is or help us or whatever and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's like okay, what are we going to do in this situation? You know, what yeah. how are we going to make it out? And these and that was the thing about 28 days as a uh kind of a uh end times movie where you know, zombies were the immediate like you said th- physical threat. Mm-hmm. I, this was the first movie where the I saw like the fast moving zombies. I think, okay, yeah, you know, and I was like, I don't like fast moving zombies. Yo. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I like I like the shufflers. Y'all like the draggers. Right, you know? right, right. The one, the one, the ones have a little rigor, rigor mortis set in. Yeah, can't move that fast. Yeah, <laughs> it's like how, how are you like even faster and stronger and more agile than you were? Right, you know when you you know when you were uh, when you were alive. But I guess in that particular film, the conceit of the science was, is that they weren't necessarily zombies. They were, they were, uh, uh, the disease was, was called like anger. Oh, okay. So it was, I think it was more adrenaline based. Okay. You know, so that might be part, part of what it was is their adrenaline was running all the time. So that's why they were so fast. Yeah. That can see echoes back to um, Resident Evil, which is a common, mm-hmm. which was a, based on a video video game, which then became a, a really a really strong vehicle for for Mila Jovovich. Right prior to prior to her uh, ascension to um, as uh, um, Lilu Dallas multipass from uh, <laughs> the Fifth Element from uh, Fifth Element. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, went, she went back to that real quick. Yeah, there was no more no more Fifth Element. It was it was. Let me go back to what I know makes me money and I'm good at. You know, right. This she, this she did ultraviolet too, of course, which is also pretty good, I thought. But uh, another another one of those those chaotic um, 
um, end of world times um, science fiction movies based on a contagion which affects people and then everybody get trying to survive from that contagion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah. One one of th- one of the things that I, I've noticed is kind of consistent in some of these films is that there's usually kind of like the one lone person in the film who's supposed mm-hmm. to kind of be the avatar for the audience. Right. You know, because we're following them and they kind of voice what we're voice what we're thinking and. Right. The lone wolf. Yeah, and and they're trying to make it through. And sometimes, you know, usually kind of the 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 uh, the crutches they'll have a kid with them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like got this kid with them, so they you know they can't be quite as <laughs> as quick and make and make the decisions they want to make because you know they got to take care of this kid and God God forbid the kid the kid's got some kind of asthma situation. He's got an inhaler, and of course right, you, right. You, you can't get to the inhaler. So right, right. You know. well, it's, kind of, it's kind of like it's kind of like, like Adrian alluded to, like a like a like a. Um, uh, a pushcart Dagaro type situation, like the samurai, the samurai lone wolf and cub, you know, where I gotta take care of this baby, right? I gotta take care of this baby, right? And in terms of baby, baby's badass too, yo. So you know, to take care of the baby, the, ba- the baby, <laughs> the baby's hitting the button and the knives are coming out of the cart and, right. <laughs> <laughs> and tearing limbs off. It's like okay, you know? all right, right. Y'all thought I was just a baby, yo. <laughs> Right, I'm I'm learning in this game, yo. Call me call me Baby Yoda up in this piece, yo. (laughs) Grogu, Grogu, yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, but in in terms of how it pertains to this 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 conversation and 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 spiritual dynamic, it's um it's uh it's it's interesting because there's a lot of like 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 through like like threads that, that that go through all those material all those different conversations and materials right you know um you know it's always um well when it comes to spiritual things the, the dynamics a little different like it's like are you a believer or not because if you're not a believer <laughs> right. you'll never get this <laughs> no you, you're exactly right because you've got like the disaster variety mm-hmm. then you've got the zombie variety mm-hmm. and then you've got uh other things but then you have like you said like kind of the spiritual one oh you got the post-apocalyptic variety yes yes and then you have this the supernatural evil versus good you know Mm -hmm. god versus the devil like uh the prophecy Mm -hmm. christopher walken with christopher walken uh the seventh sign Mm -hmm. uh back in 88 with michael bean and uh demi moore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um did you ever see the rapture in, in uh 1991 the Rapture, The Rapture, The Rapture. Who was in it? Uh, Mimi Rogers. No, I didn't see The Rapture. Okay. Then. No. Mimi Rogers is, uh, she was married to Tom Cruise uh, years ago. Okay. Uh, kind of tallish, brunette, really attractive. Not a bad actor at all. Real busty, real busty too, yo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like crazy. But mm-hmm. in The Rapture, she plays this woman who's kind of like a, kind of like a party, party girl uh, and a swinger. And, and the, like the first 10 minutes of the movie, she ends up going to this club and going home with this guy and this girl and having a threesome. Wow. And and she gets religion and becomes a born again Christian. Right. And the the quote rapture happens where God calls all the good people up and they fly out and disappear or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the only people that are left are the, I guess, the not so good people. Right. And uh, And then society starts to kind of fall apart. You know, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they all kind of mm-hmm. realize, oh, you know, only the pieces of shit are left on earth. So, you know, right, right. So they right. start kind of running them up. But that one has had a, a, a an obvious, like you're saying, kind of a religious tone to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as well. But you mentioned the prophecy when we were texting back and forth. I'm, I can't, I've seen that movie, but I can't remember what it was about. What was it about? 
Um, what, well, I mean, I, what it seemed to be about, it was, um, there was uh, um, a young lady that was having a baby and it might have been a, it might have been like a, a, a messianic figure. And Gabriel, played by Christopher Walken, came down to met out his judgment upon who who this new who this new person might have been, mm-hmm. and and it was he along the way he met he met up with several different angels that stood in his way, that that would have that would have um, prevented him from from making that making that assessment. Okay, and it was it was awesome because Christopher Walken, man, he, his delivery was just like so almost like like very, you know. You know, Christopher Walken, he's very stilted anyway. Of course, yeah. But 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 this is but this is very deliberate. I mean, but it, it also it, you, you didn't know like I didn't know who, I didn't know who he really was at the time. I, re, I realized he worked at, played in a Stephen King movie prior to that and various other films, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really hit to his to his to his 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 um his delivery style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I re, I remember some of what you just described. Although it seems like there's kind of a uh, like a rep, a repeating theme because. In the seventh sign, that movie with Demi Moore is the same thing. She's a young woman; she's pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know you find out that her baby's going to be born, I guess, without a soul, and, mm-hmm. and so someone mm-hmm. has to sacrifice so that her baby can have a soul. And there's this guy walking around, and he's, I guess, Jesus Christ reincarnated or something. And uh, and then there's this priest who keeps showing up everywhere because. Uh, and that was kind of the thing I liked about the seventh sign as as it relates to supernatural with a kind of biblical kind of end times vibes to it is, you know, it's like um, I always like movies where uh, there are there are different events happening around the world that are telling people that something's something's going on. Right. Right. So they go to this place in like the in the desert in, in the Middle East somewhere. And there's an ice storm there, and it's it's snowing, but only in this one village, you know. Right, right. Or you know, they go and you know you you see, uh, you know, like an iceberg forms in you know in the ocean where it's ninety degrees, you know, where there's there's these climate things that are happening, or there or you know rivers of blood or plagues or whatever. Oh, all of a sudden the locusts just came for no reason, and right. Oh, this is a sign of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and you know a lot of you know that kind of stuff. Right. right. You know, I always kind of like movies like that, and that's kind of what happened in the Seventh Sign, and movies like these of the this nature, you know, um, they're usually like lots of speeches. Yeah. You know, lots of grand, very, prosa- very prosaic. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. very, yeah, very prosaic and 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 lyrical and and. Uh, mm-hmm. Quotable lines, you know, like the one you mentioned. Uh, you know, I don't believe in the devil. Well, you should. He believes in you. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, from Constantine. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the reasons why I think this particular variety with the gods and demons and angels and all of that, why that is so interesting to us, is is that you know we are a superstitious people, right? And you know, religious people are always real desirous of seeing some proof of these things that are talked about in their, uh, you know, in these old dusty manuscripts. Yeah. These texts, you know, they're sacred texts to them. And Mm -hmm. so they want to see these things play out. And so like, even though it's not an end of, end of the world movie, but like a movie like, uh, contact, or Mm -hmm. if you've ever seen arrival, uh, uh, Denis Mm -hmm. Villeneuve, have you ever seen it? Yeah. Yeah. So you remember, like the religious people want to destroy the aliens. They want to destroy the spaceship because it's, it's a, it's not of God, and it's you know, right. or, abomination, right? Or right. in in right. the sense of this, 
when they see floods and rivers of blood and plagues, mm-hmm. oh, this mm-hmm. is a sign of the end, end times, you know. We all got that old that old black auntie and that old black grandma. You know, we living in the last days, child. You right, know, <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, so it it cosigns or it uh, validates, you know, these these kind of superstitious beliefs about, you know, what's going to happen and whatnot. But right, um, you had mentioned in our text exchange stigmata, mm-hmm. and uh, and at the time I was a uh, I was a big Rosanna Arquette fan from True Romance. And from uh, Lost Highway, I think it was, David Lynch's movie. Right. I remember that one being a weird one, too. Like, this whole thing, because Gabriel Byrne was in that with her, and it was like, you know, the scars on the hands, and it would just kind of happen. Yeah. It's like, wow, you know, (laughs) that was was freaky, yo. Right, right. And it was and at the time too. It was like a thing which is right in the headlines too. I think at the time where there were there were, there were people in Italy that were experiencing the phenomenon of stigmata. Mm. I'm not exactly sure what happened to that, but I mean, it's it, yeah. So it was a very real phenomenon they were exploiting. And it was really weird because it wasn't a thing wherein the movies take a while to make. So apparently, it's been on the movie makers, you know, I, you know, and within his 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 sphere of influence for a long period of time. And he wanted to do it, you know. But yeah, that came out in 1989. You know. And like you said, it starred um, Rosanna Arquette, Gabriel Byrne, and uh, Neil Long, and Jonathan Price, mm-hmm. among a few others. Yeah, it was it was it was, it was good, man. I, I enjoyed it. I think I actually saw it in the movie theater too. I think I did as well. I think I did as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. It was it was it very very uh, very very creepy, very inspiring. Mm-hmm. What did you What did you think about the Da Vinci Code when you saw that? Because they made two of those movies with you know with Tom Hanks. Yeah. And they're both based on books. Even though they're not really an end times movie, the movie still had this kind of uh that same kind of uh of 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 dread mm-hmm. and uh and that sense of kind of hopelessness, you know, as we've we've all been lied to, we've been fooled by the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, uh these things that we you know we were taught and we were raised on, they're not true. You know this this grand conspiracy of this you know this dark order behind the scenes or whatever. The the, the Vatican, yeah. Yeah. What did, what did you think of that movie when you saw it? And, and did it did it strike you as that, or did it just strike you as kind of like a weird kind of a a, a religious mystery? Um, it 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 felt like the end times for sure. It did because the, the implications were there that okay, if they lied about this, what else are they lying about? Right. Um. It, it felt. I mean, there was a sense of dread uh, behind um, what uh, uh, Tom Hanks's character was going through, and and what he was experiencing at the hands of of, of the Vatican, and how they went into. You know, they they did everything they could to 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 try and and keep these ancient texts and tomes. To me, the truth, you know, for us in particular, you know, being people that are that are, are intellectuals mm-hmm. and, and 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 read stuff, it. It, you know, the, the, show me a documentation in the book where it does this. Show me where this is going inside the book. And the fact they have this much power and this much, this much old, uh, old worldly um, uh, text at their disposal that most people don't get a chance to see was was very was enjoyable to me. A lot of ways, it felt like James Bond in some ways, mm-hmm. where, you, where you're going you go into the, these these old cities and you know it's uh, there's co- cobblestone streets. In other ways, it felt like a, a lot more. It never felt totally demonic to me. It never felt like it was right. There was a sense of 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 over overarching dread, but you did feel like this is an urgency about what could this mean if this was actually a, a fallacy, wasn't a real thing that 
the the heir of of, of Jesus was was actually a woman, and and, and he made her Mary Magdalene, and did truly she did truly exist. Mm-hmm. What does that truly mean to the world abroad now? You know, what what are the kings and queens to do about that 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 reordering of their structure? You know? Right, and the idea that okay, he didn't die. He just lived a secret life or whatever. He he actually uh, married Mary married Mary Magdalene. Right, say that three times. <laughs> and, and, right, and uh, and sired a child, and then had you know more heirs after that, and all of this ascending into heaven in the right hand of God. All of that is not true, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so you know what what does that really mean? So royal, royal blood. I was so wrong. Son, you didn't want you to help guard the secret of the Holy Grail. Sophie, you are the secret. You survived the accident, if it even was an accident. The Priory found out. Somehow they concealed the fact that you were alive. They hit you with the Grand Master himself. Who raised you as his own. According to all this, Princess Sophie. Non, c'est pas possible. You are the heir. The end of the bloodline. You are the last living descendant of Jesus Christ. But, you know, I think also, too, it, it, you mentioned James Bond. The Da Vinci Code almost, to me, felt like like more like a dark Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Okay. Less adventurous, more like a dark mystery. But, you know, he's going here and then he gets the book and then he's got to find the, oh, and the secret cellar. And then he's got to, oh, and then they almost got me. And then somebody's chasing him and it's, you know, it's Paul Bettany and he's got this albino looking vibe going on. And Right. He killed that. He killed that look too, man. He did. He, that he really did. He did. He was, he was that, very. That, 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 whole, that whole thrashing thing he did. Right, 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 right. I flog myself. I whip myself. <laughs> right, right, right. Which was a that's, that's, that's a very real thing that a lot of priests did in terms of in terms of vanquishing the, the evil flesh and being more spiritual, yeah. getting the body into submission so that the spirit can can lead. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit too, man, about um, the kind of post-apocalyptic end times movie where you get the sense that okay, like you know, kind of like The Walking Dead, where mm-hmm. you know what we're seeing. It's never going to get any better than this. Like I said before, we're not going to rebuild society. There's not going to be a new uh, North America, a new Europe, a new Africa. It's just going to be more shit until we're all gone. And yeah, um, yeah. and I think, you know, obviously you can go back to stuff like uh, earlier mentioned Planet of the Apes, but like the Omega Man, mm-hmm. uh, which was based on, you know, Richard Matheson's book, I Am Legend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, where Charlton Heston is basically like the last non-affected person that he thinks mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. in the same way that Will Smith in I Am Legend, you know, the remake or the, I guess, I guess you, not really a remake. It's a, it kind of is though, but yeah. It kind of is. I mean, they've done it multiple times. Uh, Vincent Price actually did one too back in the uh, in the 50s, but. Okay. Wow. But Will Smith's in 2007. You know, where it's just mostly him and this dog and, you know, and he's got these kind of zombie vampire creatures that he's right. He's fending off. And um, and then, you know, but again, 
at the end of that movie, like watching that movie as kind of a last man or last person on earth movie, mm-hmm. you never got the sense. Like I knew Will Smith was not going to survive at the end of I Am Legend. Right. Like you just knew, oh, he's, he's, he's not going to make it. Right, right. You know, he, he he's not going to make it. You you almost felt like, okay, maybe the girl and her kid will make it, but he he's not going to make it, you know. Right, right. Um, and then, um, but at the same time, like, all movies like that, to me, are descendants of A Boy and His Dog. Okay. And Mad Max. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, I just As see it that. relates to, like, the, the last days of humanity... The Book of Eli, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Twelve Monkeys, right? Children of Men, uh, Children of Men, The Road, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. all of those movies are descendants of basically Mad Max and a boy and his dog. There's been something that's happened. Society has descended into a different order that's very low and basic. Water and gas is the is the those are the currencies of the day. Mm-hmm. H2O, that's my go. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's from Thunderdome, yeah. Yeah. That is it. But as it relates to those men, I was thinking back, one of the reasons why I really like the Terminator films is because they have elements of end times movies in them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of the the cyclical dread in those movies is, is... Oh, humanity's going to fuck up really, really bad, and the robots are going to take over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the very beginning, when 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 the skull is crushed by the by the either the foot of the Terminator or 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 the uh, the the the, the, the tank tread, it's like, damn, this is mm-hmm. that's that's humanity's ultimate demise. That's that's the end of story, end of the line. You know, and and even the ending, the ending where you know Sarah Connor's in the jeep and she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. And the little kid says, uh, he says, the storm's coming. She's like, yeah, you know, something along the line, I know or whatever. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, as far as this kind of post-apocalyptic kind of a end of t- end times movie, it's not truly one of those, but the Matrix is adjacent to it. Yeah. You know, humanity has fallen and we really are like chattel, you know, essentially to. Right. To the, uh, to the computers and to the, uh, the software. Yeah. Yeah. And even like. It was always funny to me, like when Neo finally unplugs mm-hmm. and he can see what the world really looks like. Right. They bring him to Nebuchadnezzar and he asks the question. It's like, what, what, what did my eyes hurt? You've never used them before. You've never used it's them like, before. Yeah. It's like, yo. Damn. Lawrence brought that, yo. <laughs> Sir. <laughs> he brought, he brought that. He had all of the, all of the uh, expository dialogue. He had mm-hmm. all the exposition, all the explaining to do, all the kind of boring mm-hmm. stuff. And he made it so goddamn interesting to listen to yeah. in this world. This. And he's just, all he's doing is just explaining stuff to the audience. But it was just, he, it was just masterful, yo. This is the construct. It's our loading program. We can load anything from clothing to equipment, weapons, training simulations, anything we need. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection of your digital self. 
But uh, but I always thought when he unplugged from the Matrix, he'd wake up, he'd be like, damn, put me back in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 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 You know. We, we, we saw one of the characters, man. He, one of the characters, I forgot his name, uh, played by uh, the, the guy who always plays a slimy cop. He's a comedian. He played it. He played a cop in uh, Bad Boys and uh, oh Joe Joe Pantoliano. Joe, Joe yeah, yeah Pantoliano. Joe, Joey Pants. They call him Joey Pants. Joey Pants. Right Joey Pants. Yeah. Joey, Joey Pants was like you know I, I see what this world is. I see this world I see for what it really is and you know I know the stake is fake you know that it doesn't really exist but you know what give me some I want to be here you know put me back in reinsert me back into the matrix I'm good with that right you know? and and as it relates to someone fully embracing that it's never going to get better than this, which is kind of one of the things in, in these post-apocalyptic films where people have just accepted this is what, the, what society is, this is what the world is. Mm-hmm. When Joey Pants says that, he's not wrong because that was one of the things that came out of the conversation of The Matrix is you think you're smelling and you think you're seeing, and you think you're feeling, all that's just data going to your brain and your brain is just deciphering it and saying, oh, this is a feel this is a smell. This is a taste. Mm-hmm. This is a mm-hmm. sound. It's just all data. Yeah. So if you can control the data that goes in, I mean, I guess your body would be hungry, but you'd be like, oh, that was a great steak, man. That was like on some Ruth Chris type shit, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Children of Men, you said you did see that one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with Clive Owen. And I thought that was a really terrific movie and a really terrific take. Mm-hmm. on the end times or the end of the world or, or the end of civilization, Clive Owens in the movie, and I think it's directed by uh, Afonso Cuaron, but it was just basically about infertility. Yeah. You know, it's like, how are we going to deal with this global infertility? People are not making babies. It's been mm-hmm. decades. Mm-hmm. And eventually humanity is just going to die out like, you know, 98% of the other species that have ever lived and crawled on this planet. It's just, right. you know, there just won't be any, pe- any more people anymore. And so they're trying to figure this thing out. And, and there's rumors of somebody who's actually gotten pregnant. And it's like, wait a minute, what? You know, and, right, right. So, you know, some people want to study this person. Some people want to destroy this person because they want this to be the end of times. They want this to be you know, the fulfillment of some, you know, long foretold prophecy or whatever. Religious, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. A yeah, very interesting take, man. And very and and and, and full, full of full of dread. I think what that movie what that movie does is it encapsulates dread in such in such a very, 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 very um realized manner. It makes you feel like, wow, this is this this is the length that, that we've gone to. This this is the depths we've sunk to. Instead of putting all our efforts into trying to figure out how to uh, overcome this thing. We we're, now we just want to we want to capture and study it and, and, and marginalize it and sometimes even like like destroy it to figure out how it works. You know, right? Such a, such a human thing to do. You know, it's like and I, I, you know, I think sometimes um, our our best aspirations are our our worst our worst uh, enemy. You know, like we we try too hard to do certain things. We should let things flow naturally. And if, like you said, if this was going to be the end of the human race, and then then march all quietly and march off in a dignified manner. Um, to embrace to embrace that thing, that's one side of it. I don't feel that way all the time, but sometimes I just feel that way, you know, based on people's like need to be this um, this 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 dominant propagating species as dominion of everything. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous, you know. Right, right. It- like one of the things I liked about about Matrix again, going back to that, with the, 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 how how heavy that that weighed on uh, on me spiritually. There there's a speech by Agent Smith. Who basically says, you know, Ooh, I know the, I know the one. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah. 
the the only thing that doesn't live in harmony with 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 human with the earth is you. You're like this disease. I can you're 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 like a fungus. You spread and you grow and you know it's like wow and, and consume all the resources and then you try to go somewhere else and consume all the resources and yes yes it's like he hit that on the head man yeah knocked it out of the ballpark. It's like yeah. wow yeah yeah that was that was that was it man and 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 and. You know, that's kind of like what you're saying about the, you know, just continuing on and continuing on and pushing and pushing, mm-hmm. you know, from a scientific perspective or from a, like you're saying, a dominant perspective. I mm-hmm. guess, you know, today, you know, somebody might say, oh, you know, see, you, you, you're doing too much. OK, you're doing the mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. you need to stop doing the most. Right. All right. 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 Say less. Say yeah. less. <laughs> say less, fam. Say less. Do less. You know. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But yeah, man. Another thing I've kind of thought about as it relates to this, these films, and, and, and there's, you know, to varying degrees of, of quality, you know, you've got, you know, tons of them. Um, mm-hmm. There was actually one that came out, and I'm surprised, there's like two of these came out. The Greenland, the one that I mentioned before with, uh, with Butler and, uh, and Bukharin. Mm-hmm. And then there was a movie that came out uh, in t- 2021 called Awake. Okay. It was, it was a Netflix movie with uh, Gina Rodriguez from... Uh, uh, the Virgin, the Virgin TV show. I forgot what this show is called. Okay, okay. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh. Uh-uh. Anyway, Gina Rodriguez is is in the film, and it's essentially about an event that happens. Uh, it's like a star flash or something like that, and it affects the okay, brain. A solar flare. Okay, a solar yeah. flare. Solar flare. Yeah, a solar flare, and it affects everyone's brains on the planet to where they can't sleep anymore. Damn. And so everyone <sighs> suffers from sleep deprivation. And there are very few people who can actually sleep. One woman, you know, they've taken her to this scientific place and they're studying her. And uh, Gina Rodriguez, uh, her daughter can sleep. And so she goes into hiding because she doesn't want them to take her daughter and start, you know, experimenting in, in, on her daughter. And the, the conceit of the film is, is that after so much sleep deprivation, people start to go insane. Mm. And they become violent and they kill themselves and they kill other people. You know, it's like that's what your brain is going to do. It's like all of a sudden you just lose it. Mm-hmm. It's actually a not a bad premise. Not a, the execution wasn't great, right? But uh, it's not a bad it's not a bad premise. But I was just thinking about how uh, movies about the end of the world can be told through a lot of different lenses. You know, you can mm-hmm. tell it as a thriller, like with Stigmata and The Seventh Sign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell it as a as a drama. You know, like with uh, Greenland and 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 uh, the Rapture, mm-hmm. um, you can tell it. You know, as an action or adventure film, like Constantine, or, or maybe even Matrix, if you were if you considered Matrix to kind of fall in that category, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and even it, as a comedy, uh, there are two comedies about this subject. One is uh, Edgar Wright's The World's End. Okay, not familiar. With, yeah, with Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost and uh, Martin Freeman. Okay, yeah, uh, Master uh, Master uh, Bilbo Baggins. Exactly, exactly, and he's, <laughs> and he's uh, he was he's the government liaison in uh, Black Panther and the Avengers. I forgot his name exactly. in, in, in yeah, those films. Exactly, yeah, yeah. But um, but it's funny and it's and it's bizarre in kind of an Edgar Wright kind of a way. And then the other one was called This Is the End, with uh, Seth Rogen and uh, J- James Franco. Uh, and uh, Craig Robinson and all, all those Jonah Hill, all those actors. Okay, okay. And it's a comedy about basically like the the Earth cracks open and you can see 
you know, into the pits of hell and all this kind of stuff. Damn. And it's it's an R-rated comedy. It's not not funny. It's actually pretty good. Okay. But it is absolutely has that dread and that that hopelessness to the point where the movie ends with basically everybody dies and goes to heaven. Wow. And the Backstreet Boys are there. And the, and the movie ends with everybody dressed in white doing this big choreographed musical number of the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet's uh, back. Hey, All bro, right. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, I think um, <clears throat> um, one, of the, one of the films that, that, uh, um, that, of course, I always go back to it that, that, that screwed me up as a kid was The Exorcist with Linda Blair. Yeah, and I, I yeah. that that felt that felt otherworldly. That felt that felt uh, uh, very much like a, a, a confronting, because any, anytime you have the devil rear, rear his head, it feels like okay, where, where else is he going? Because if he's if he's as much if he's as omnipotent as as, as God is, he can, he can do anything he wants to do. He's, he, after all, he has dominion over the earth, so to speak, according to religious the religious heads. Right. So well, why can't he just you know snatch anybody in my family I care about and make them do crazy shit and you know and and spit pea soup out and stuff like that? You know. Right. Which as a kid I really I recognized pea soup as being disgusting. Anyways, I didn't really care. As right. Far as, it's been like spitting heads like this is this is it tastes it tastes bad. But um, I digress. No. No, it was it's absolutely that, and and like you're saying, like it, like in some of these end of the world movies, the idea of something that you know was kind of rumored about as you know superstition or whatever, and then you mm-hmm. see it realized, it's like oh, you know, like in in any of those like Constantine or in the prophecy or um, I think there's another movie called Legion, I think, where there's like an angel Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anytime in any of those movies, like in uh, Constantine with. Um, with Tilda Swinton's character, when she turns around and those wings come out, Oof. and it's like, killed oh it. shit! Yeah. <laughs> she, killed, she killed it. She killed it, bro. It was yeah, awesome. you know where you know you're like, okay, angels are walking around in real life. Okay, all right, right. you know. Yeah, and um, yeah. and Gavin Rossdale from uh, from Bush, you know, playing the uh, kind of Satan's dominion, uh, his uh, one of his sons or something like his that. his sons yeah. or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But and that that, that that poor the poor uh, the poor uh, priest that was going into the and the 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 the, the uh, Tenneco where it was the, the gas station or, or mm-hmm. convenience store and drink drinking himself to death pouring all kind because he couldn't get, he was so thirsty and he drank himself to death that was that was that was crazy dude yeah that was like that that, that kind of horror sometimes actually scarier than than just the whole you know like like shock and awe of the gore you know it's like just have someone do something that's like a, a regular thing and and take it to an exceeding level and and and. And go into the hole, you know, like he drowned himself, basically, what it boiled down to. Right. You know, and then, and, and Rosdell's character. He was Constantine's friend, too, in the uh, in the mm-hmm. film, right? Or his, his yeah. you know, kind of yeah. like was, his. Well, his, uh, his, his compatriot, well, he helped him to find and solve these different cases or, or helped or, or helped him to, to uh, like, if there was some kind of uh, um, possession case, he would tell Constantine, hey, can you help me out with this to do this kind of, you know, figure it out how to solve it. Right, and that actor is another one, kind of like the guy who played the devil, where he's that actor's showing up in a lot of different things, and he's usually really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. and, th- and usually things kind of along these lines in a weird way, because mm-hmm. he he's, mm-hmm. he he has an odd face. But why mm-hmm. why do you think we like movies about the end of the world, uh, and you know the end times, the last days, and all that kind of stuff? Uh, well, I, like I said, I think we're I think we're predisposed to it as as being part of this whole the whole idea behind America and this Judeo Christian ethic. Um, that we have a natural proclivity to 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 for 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 good and evil, mm-hmm. and that it, it's either it's either a black or white, and those those two opposing forces create 
and 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 um, like inform our our decisions. So, you know, I think because we live in a society that 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 has um, so many different levels of 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 access, mm-hmm. um, it, it gives us a, a, there must be something um, creating this thing or, or opposing us to make us. Um, um, do what we do, or or others. So we're 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 we're, sub- we're subject to this this high minded or this idea of being being puppets inside of a grand puppet master's mm-hmm. uh, scheme, and and that leads that lends us to think more about the the various extremes and extrapolation of good versus evil, and where do I what part do I what uh, what about of the this? of the disaster variety or the post apocalyptic variety? Like, you know, that's just. We went too far and society has gone, been knocked down, not a peg, mm-hmm. but like eight pegs, you know, almost mm-hmm. maybe all 10 pegs, you know. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a line from Lord of the Rings where um, Saruman is talking to, um, um, I think, maybe uh, one, one of his minions or he, he talks about the, the dwarves. He talks about how the dwarves, dig, they, they dug too greedily and too deep and now they've unleashed fire. And, and wrath, and that's a, a Balrog comes out because mm. they, they went too deep. They dug deep into the, and you should you should stop going. So at some point, <laughs> re- rec- recognize you know, at some point recognize what you where, where you are. Right, and stop going deeper than you need to go. That's you it. Know? know your place. And, know your place. You know your place. That's it. That's it. And, and you know, sometimes you dig too, and that's what humanity always does. Like there's, and and that's why that's why religion, that's why religion, uh, and and these films work so well because at some point, yeah, we're all energy, we're all spiritual creatures, but at some point. You gotta stop looking so deep into it. Whatever you're looking at is looking back at you. Mm. You know, and that's all. That's always the thing to think about. You know, it's like that's what. Well, that's what. That's what these movies play on. It's like, okay, how much do I really know? You know, you talk about like you know, stigmata. You, know, you talk about you know the crucif- the crucifixion of Christ and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, okay, where do where do where where does that where does that line blur as far as where am I gonna gonna trigger certain things to 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 come looking at me? Right. You know? Right. I, you know, I think you're right, too. Uh, I think you're right, man. The Because um, in certain cases, it really is about, you know, filmmakers and storytellers who want to discuss or examine or explore the human condition mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, you know, our own mortality and, you know, how far mm-hmm. we'll go under extreme conditions to protect ourselves and, and the ones we love and, and the things we love. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's kind of like a good and evil or a morality part there. And then I think also like the ones that in, front, in terms of like what you're saying, like disaster movies where uh, we messed up the climate. Now it's, you know, you know, global warming and, you know, eventually the ice, 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 the ice, uh, the iceberg is going to melt and then it's going to flood the earth. And uh, oh, yeah. up, yeah. up, up, we, here comes this meteor. It's coming at us. We, you know, we, and, and it's going to hit the earth and it's going to cause a tidal wave and it's going to drown half of the continent or whatever. Yeah. You know, in, in situations like that, those almost become like cautionary tales, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of this is what, you know, like you're saying, dig, but you ain't got to dig all the way. Right. Okay. So last question. This is a fun one. Okay. This is a question for you. Okay. If you could choose the end times scenario in which you and the rest of humanity go out, right? Well, mm-hmm. your choices are it could be a disaster, like a meteor. Okay. It could be climate change, some kind of, you know, catastrophic climate change. Okay. It could be nuclear. Okay. It could be zombie. <laughs> okay. 
Or it could be the earth cracks open and the devil and his demons jump out and the angels are fighting and we're seeing all of this and we're trying to hide or whatever. But it could be one of those things. So you could, it's either disaster, catastrophic climate change, nuclear, zombie, or the devil. You have to choose from one of the five. <laughs> wow. Uh... And obviously, in most of those situations... Humanity can go on for a while, but after a while, it's just, you know, right, it's only right. for a while, basically. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and ultimately, humanity is, 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 is doomed. It's done. It's done. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, whew. I don't know, man, because uh, I, I think I'm like, like, like a book of Eli, for example, right? The book of Eli. Right. Right. Which, which basically was a disaster film wherein he carried he carried the truth within him. He was the book. The book was like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm carrying around, but it has nothing compared to what I recognize I learned, you know, myself. I get to this place to where I can, you know, right. uh, transfer um, that knowledge. But, you know, I like the idea of angels and demons, yo. Because that, 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 that would be interesting. That would be interesting to see, uh, depending on how, how how uh, how egregious the battles became, and how how um, how crazy that that battle would 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 it, would, uh, would ensue. Um, but I, I mean, if I had a, if to live that reality, I would I would just go where we're going right now, and where we're going right now is towards you know the the Earth like not be able to be habitable anymore because we're all kind of we're not we're not all, all of us aren't kind of doing it. There's certain industries in place which are allowing this to play play out the way it is. Right, and so we're we're kind of just ruining the Earth. For for our for our ancestor for for our descendants, mm-hmm. so I just say let's 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 continue let, let that let that be our end, our end result, you know of 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 where I like to go. Without all, all all the flamboyance and and battling demons and angels and 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 getting hit by a meteor, which I think the way it's going to go is, like the old quote says, um, not with a bang but with a whimper, mm. you know. You know, just it's gonna we're just gonna peter out and continue to, to destroy ourselves. Also, let certain captains of industry not convert us to this natural energy source versus going into the plumbing the earth and be drinking all its fluids out and wonder why? Oh, why is it shifting? Why? Why? Why is it? Why is this? Why, why the snow melting? And it's like, well, because the stuff that's filling it up is only in there to fill it up. You're, you're draining the resources. So that's my rant, and that's my my point. That concludes this episode of Sidebar Forever, hosted by Dwight Clark, Swain Hunt, and Adrian Johnson. You can find us online at sidebarforever.com. Any emails or questions can be directed to us at sidebarforever at gmail.com. And also, subscribe to us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.